Hi guys, welcome What's back barking? to the Funk Diaries. We are Jocelyn and Jane. And Hi. to be fair, Jane, what? this will be the first episode out after the last two. That made you know. <laughs> that made absolutely what? no sense. Basin, you haven't been here in two episodes. Oh yeah. Hi so. guys. What's popping? Welcome. Missed you. We've missed you. We're glad you're back. Thank you. Get back into the swing of things. I'm happy to be here. How's, Thanks for you're having me. You're not the me. guest. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> this is your home. Um, how have you been? I've been good. Relaxing. You think you are. Some people's. Sewing some more? Oh, nothing. What did you say? Nothing. Hmm. Nothing. It's fine, because when I listen if back to If anybody got that, they mm. will laugh at me. Anyway. <laughs> No man, but um, what are you doing with your life at the moment? What am I doing with my life? Um, I am just finished first semester of my masters. Um, yeah. Masters in clinical neuropsychiatry. Um, clinical neuropsychiatry. Yeah, it's been a hell of a ride. Online <laughs> school and COVID is just the worst combination known to man, <laughs> and it's just been like a whole like it's been shampoo you know that like meme of like somebody falling down the stairs oh <laughs> is it from the tiktok video where he's like this no okay no because there's, there's one it's usually paired with like jesus memes where it's like oh trying to do life without jesus oh no but i can picture falling it down the stairs. i can picture it that's i feel like that's how like this my Moses has been like i was going down the stairs and then all of a sudden i was falling down the stairs <laughs> flat and yeah, the whole thing has really been a joke. And so in the last like four weeks of uni, I just opted out. Fair um, but yeah, chilling, we call um, out here, mm. going to Nigeria soon. Oh, must be nice. We've got spending Christmas in this country. So, if we talk about what we're going to talk about today, did that even make sense? What were we talking about today, Jocelyn? Today we are talking about, I don't think this is going to be the title of the episode, so it might change, but we're talking about denial repression and avoidance namely of our feelings and emotions and past traumas etc etc what what um okay cool okay so what i mean by that is i feel like we're in a we're in an environment or society where everyone kind of rushes you to just kind of get over things and we rush ourselves to do that so we're very much like i just need to get over it i just need to boss up i just need to level up um when this is after things have gone like things in life may have gone wrong and we're feeling low we're like no just snap out of it like you need to get your ish together um but then i think that's actually had some detrimental effects on me for example in the past and friends that i have because you're trying to move on but you're always kind of somehow being pulled back into this low space. And it's basically because you are avoiding dealing with issues that you haven't dealt with. Mm-hmm. So like traumas that you haven't dealt with, feelings that you haven't dealt with. Um, there are so many reasons as to why you may have avoided those things, like dealing with them or denying them. Could be because you're embarrassed, like to yourself, to admit things to yourself. Could be because you had expectations of yourself that you didn't quite live up to so to relive it now can low-key make you cringe um (laughs) but yeah essentially i just want to talk about why we maybe do that and why it's why it's not so good to do that and yeah 
what what do you think you have been denying and repressing Jocelyn and how do you think it's affected you so there have been situations again with other human beings could be it could be a guy could be a girl <laughs> no so i don't mean it <laughs> so could be a guy no but i say it could be a guy when i say it could be a girl it could be a friendship but not admitting to myself maybe like how much those situations left me feeling or how much those situations caused me pain not necessarily the entire situation but sometimes how i was treated mm-hmm. or what i allowed to happen mm-hmm. and so I can't, I find myself kind of like beating my present self up because of what my past self did. Mm. And so my present self is suffering, but my past self, she's done. Like she's, she's, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, But I think again, like I was saying earlier, it's very much based on the expectations that I had of myself, like things that in my mind I deemed I would never let run, if that makes sense. Um, I, I beat myself up in the sense of like, how did you allow that to happen, sis? Like you are supposed to be this, you are supposed to, and then you didn't, and now you're like, ugh, and I don't want to look back on it because I'm just cringing, but at the same time, some of those things are so deep-rooting in trauma that I don't, when I don't deal with it, I'm never moving on. I'm constantly, like, in a fluctuating realm of, like, up and down. One day I feel like a boss, next day I feel like crap. And I realised that cycle was going to be continuous until I addressed it, openly spoke about it, and dealt with it, if that makes sense. So do you feel like you try and go... About your life as though those things didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> in, in short, like, so you deny, you're, you're trying to not, like, to ignore and just not pay attention to the fact that. The problem is, I can't ignore or pay attention. Happened. I can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. And I, because my brain overthinks. Mm-hmm. So I'll sit there and I'll be analyzing these things in my head. But the reason why I'd say it's like a repression thing is like, Repressing it to like not speaking it out in the open or speaking it to someone. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So, and it's normally to do with just like sheer, like, how can I be, how can this be affecting me? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot, I'll be scared to tell my mom or I'll be scared to tell you or I'll be scared to tell anyone else because I'm scared. I feel like I'll be, I feel like on the other side of the phone or the conversation, the person's gonna be like, uh huh. And so, but. It's funny because in any time that I've ever confronted anyone about it or spoken to anyone, everyone's been like, no, it's rational what you're thinking. But it's still, it's still hard for me to deal with that trauma, if that makes sense. Am I making sense? No. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I'm just, what I'm actually Googling and looking at Uh is if we're using the right word, repression. I think it's suppression. Suppression, yeah. Because (laughs) suppression is like, deliberately trying to forget or not think about painful or wanted thoughts suppression guys repression (laughs) is like unwanted impulses or thoughts about thoughts being unconsciously put out i don't know what that means um (laughs) but i think what what we're (laughs) it's suppression what we're talking about is suppression yeah Mm. but i think that's uh, that's a lot of one thing like the first thing when i think about repression the first thing that comes to my mind is men and mental health Mm -hmm. um in terms of like you were saying at the start about bossing up is that i feel like with men they are the way life and society has been created is that things will happen to them and 
like it's an over obviously sad thing or it's a hurtful thing or it's a traumatic thing that has happened but they aren't necessarily allowed to mm. you know cry and break down and react to that they just have to be like okay cool like how do we move on which like sometimes sometimes that's just what you have to do because that's the situation but i think don't get a chance to process they don't get a chance to process and so they, a lot of the times you just have to be like oh let me just like ignore it i just keep going mm. which is obviously detrimental because the more you do that it will it will it will come back to bite your ass because yeah. it it's always it be toxic there. masculinity exactly so. and so i just i think hmm what are some things i'm in denial of I did. I was in denial of things, such as, such as the fact that I'm overly emotional. Not overly emotional, but like I'm not as emotionally tough as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the term in such as uh, English, what's the word I want to find? When I was younger, I used to watch a lot of, um, a lot of, like, stuff about serial killers, uh-huh. like Dexter, Hannibal stuff, and I used to be just very fascinated by the way their minds worked and how they could be, like, exposed to such, like, high traumatic, high emotional, um, things and situations and not react. I mean, obviously, they were psychopaths and serial killers, which is why they I couldn't... <laughs> why they could like expose themselves to such mm. but i just thought like it was such like a boss move <laughs> to be able to just to be able to just not really like feel emotions that deeply the emotions of others that deeply and i may and i maybe subconsciously i knew that that was literally the opposite of me because i feel like i feel other, other people's emotions a lot and so i was like and so when i was young i decided that i'm going to be like that and i'm just i'm going to be able to take on like a lot of like gory details from like people and stories and mm-hmm. it's not gonna affect me because it didn't affect these characters and then and then I realised that that's not me. <laughs> that's enough. not me. Fair enough. I'm glad like, to know you're not a serial killer Jane. Great. Because like in my lectures I watch videos of like clients and then I start crying mm. because I'm like damn this is sad. But you... And I was just, and then it's just made me think that and I thought and I think part of that quality of being able to handle other people's emotions um well kind of made me is what got me interested in you know therapy and psychology and being like okay cool i think i'm able to handle hearing like really traumatic stories from other people about like things that they've experienced mm-hmm. um and then but now i've come because i've come to conclusion that that's not me i'm like damn like can i actually do like the psychology therapy thing because actually I might not be able to handle it. But do you think... Because when you first said you feel, you realise you're not emotionally strong, not that I want to completely counter what you're saying, when I think about you, is it not just a case of, compared to the serial killers, you can actually emotionally connect or you have some level of emotional intelligence? Like, they can kill people and slaughter them because they have no emotional connection to that person, what they're doing. The reason you maybe feel like what other like when you say you watch client videos and you burst out crying that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not emotionally strong i don't think i feel like it just means you can emotionally connect and it may make you cry but even when i think about how you do that thing and bobby 
like the Nigeria thing. Oh, so I don't do that anymore. Well, yeah. when you did, when I do you get what I mean? Yeah. You could feel that client's pain, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean to say that you weren't strong enough to handle it. Does that make sense? Mm. That's what I say. Maybe I it's mean, just a case of. But then part of that was when I was doing that work, which I was definitely underqualified and not trained I mean, at all this to is, do it. This but is, anyway, this is our country. That's Nigeria's <laughs> this problem. Point? That's Nigeria's problem. Because um, I was talking to clients, and some of the things that they told me, like, really aff- not affected me, because I don't think about them anymore, but, like, I remember. I spoke to someone who was a victim of rape mm. um, and like her telling me her story I was just like I don't think I'm the one you're supposed to be talking <laughs> I'm to not the one. I don't know <laughs> and I was just so like sugar mm. yeah. <laughs> and it was it was just like I this is quite a lot of like this is a, a huge emotional load and I don't <laughs> no, I can. didn't even know how to like how long do you feel like it took you to process that and like um let it go um i mean i think uh, maybe uh, two weeks after so with that volunteering thing i did i had to have five sessions with her mm-hmm. so i would say like two weeks after our last session was probably when i stopped thinking about like her situation um, but then also I had like help because I could speak to like the people who are above me and like the executives and kind of just talk about like the case but it was just I don't know I just I really wanted to be like this strong person who could like hold space for other people's emotions and stuff and it's like actually I might not be that but then I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing and I don't actually know if what I'm saying is actually relating to like our topic or anything but i'm just gonna keep going um um i just think it's a different way to look at this like yes i think i am very empathetic Mm. um and that can also be a positive thing yeah and i also used to think i was really good at compartmentalizing my emotions and things that happened um and then i realized other things that i was repressing not repressing, suppressing. suppressing. <laughs> Things that are suppressing or trying to just not pay attention to were actually a lot. They were actually impacting my everyday relationships with people. Mm. And I could see the parallel, but I just chose to just ignore, ignore I was like, it. No. Why, why did you choose to ignore it? Because it was pathetic. <laughs> no, see, in short, it was pathetic, in my opinion. But why do you deem it to be pathetic? pathetic. Because if you can still so pathetic. No, but if you can still see that it's having impact on you at the age of twenty-two in your relationships, then it couldn't have been that pathetic. It was pathetic. <laughs> so do you still think it's pathetic? Yeah. Mad. <laughs> okay, okay, no, okay, no, okay. Let me be serious now. Let me be serious. <laughs> One thing that I know has that. A situation that I knew that I had been in denial about or I have really, really tried hard to suppress is um, a failed friendship. Mm. A friendship that did not <laughs> um, become what I wanted it to be. Mm. Um, I was young and dumb. How old are you? That's irrelevant. Um, I was between the ages, because I feel like if I say too much, someone might be able to piece where this is. But I was between the ages of, let's say, nine eight and twelve. Nine, eight and twelve. Eight and twelve. <laughs> <laughs> eight and twelve. 
And so yeah, so those you know those like moments, those times where like you find a person and you're like this person's actually cool, I wanna be friends with them. Um and but then that person just doesn't really want to be your friend. Mm-hmm. That was basically the situation. And I feel like it probably wasn't realistically I don't think she didn't want to be my friend, it's just that she we weren't as close as I wanted us to be and I was trying to move that situ- that friendship in that direction. direction and she was just like, nah. Mad. <laughs> and and I think I I mean I was probably just being a beg as well. Um I found her. But like as a young person, that's kind of what kids do. I'm gonna say to make myself feel better. Like, you know, you, no, find, it's you try and make friends. Yes. Exactly. You try and make friends, like you try and build a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that relationship didn't go to plan and afterwards I was just like, What the hell am I doing? Like, why am I begging for friends? Mm. Like, why like what the hell? And it just made me feel very like, what the hell is wrong with me? kind of thing and so i just after that happened because i felt so embarrassed about it i was like nope that never happened (laughs) you blocked it out of your mind mind. i was like never thinking about it but then my brain is actually really bad at not thinking about things that have affected me so i think about it quite a lot Mm. till now yeah i've been i still think about it and so and it's like i think when i think about it i'm kicking myself to, the like, expectation of yeah, yourself to like, have done something. Why was yeah. I being such a damn thing? Like, if someone doesn't want to be my friend, no problem. Mm. <laughs> Keep moving. And so, um, and like, I can see the impact of that on my relationships because I've said this I, many times. If it was recorded and cancelled, or if you have said it in other episodes that you guys have heard, I don't know. I don't want to cry about um, that episode. Um, but I have a lot of friendship anxiety. In terms of, I have a lot of, I have, I have a lot of anxiety around um, my friendships and people not being truthful about their feelings for me in friendships. So like, are they actually my friends? In my head, I'm always like, no, they're probably not. They don't actually want to be my friend. Um, they don't like me. I'm always everybody's second choice. That kind of stuff is like the thoughts that I have like pretty frequently and I think that will probably stems from like that, that trauma um I don't like calling that trauma because I think it's a bit it's, it makes it a lot deeper to me but wait <laughs> so know, see the other I day know, you <laughs> said Jane the other day said like trauma we like to associate it with big things like you got hit by a car when you're a kid mm. or or like you were physically abused or sexually abused or whatever but sometimes the trauma can literally just be small things that you don't notice because I, when I think about just being an adult, I think about small things that were said to me as a kid, which are now affecting me and the way I, my brain is wired now. So I don't think that was, I would, I would constitute that as a trauma because it affected so many other things. It affected how you felt about yourself. It affected your worth. Well, it didn't affect your worth, but it affected how you, no, but it didn't affect your actual worth. It just affected how you thought about your worth. Um, true that's a good distinction and it's still affecting you now mm-hmm. so it must have been traumatic sure okay, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I guess I'm in denial about that <laughs> yeah, I, mean. I guess I'm in denial about hence, that hence this conversation <laughs> um, yeah and I just think it's very it's very interesting but then I think for me the next step is just like how do I get past it because quite frankly I'm over it yeah. <laughs> like I'm tired like 
it's something that I've that like parallel that I've drawn it's something that I've I've known for quite a while I would say for at least at least two years mm. I've known um two and a half years but it's like it's taking you that long to admit it to yourself and like accept it yeah and so like how do I be like okay cool this happened it hurt me and it's enough now (laughs) (laughs) she said I'm tired like it's enough wait can I ask you a question this can go off the record do you still know this person um yes I'm not we're not friends in terms of we don't really hang out um but like I have on like socials do you think that's healthy you know, I've actually thought of one following her. Mm. Just out of curiosity. I think I did on Snapchat. Mm. But then I don't, but then also I don't want to do that because it's not like, she didn't, she, she's allowed to not want to be my friend. Yeah. So like, it's not like she did anything and also she was a child. So like, it's not like she's actually physically done anything in a malicious way. Like, there was no malicious intent behind it. I mean, maybe there was for me, I don't know. I, I'm going to say that there wasn't. Mm. And so it almost feels like, why am I in, the, in my feelings? Why am I unfollowing her? How many years later? Mm-hmm. Um, because but, of something that she did when she was between the ages of eight and twelve. So when you say why are you? Are you thinking that in a sense you're asking yourself personally yeah. that question, or you're asking yourself in terms of how a normal, in inverted commas, quote unquote, normal person would maybe see it? Like, let's yeah. say you told me, and I'd be like, why? It's it's no big deal. Yeah. So, okay. Or like how she would. If she ever found out that like I unfollowed her or I own I unfriended her on Snapchat, uh-huh. like how she would be like, what the hell? Okay. No, I mean she probably wouldn't care because they're not close. But then what's the reason like, behind Whoa. it? Yeah. But then, and again, way easier said than done. Is that not a moment where the fact that you're able to out loud say she'll think that, and other people may think that? What do you feel like for yourself? Like, what would you? It seems pathetic to me. Seem seems pathetic to you yeah because like that's because the, the whole point is like why is it still affecting me hmm. i think because <laughs> like because i don't want it like she's a good person like i don't want to have a nine-year-old self exa- i don't know exactly my nine-year-old my nine to twelve-year-old self is annoyed at what she did but like she's still a good person like i still think she's cool yeah. so like I, I want to be able to see this sounds so deep I could say lost anyway like I still want to be able to like see her Instagram post and, yeah, not and not feel some have that yeah I think that maybe then based on a fact that you <clears throat> haven't fully accepted the situation and haven't fully forgiven yourself because you say you still kick yourself yeah I, to me, yeah so I think the first step would be forgiveness like and not you're doing that but like the the thing that you said to me half an hour was like why do how could i like why did i why was i begging friend like you need to forgive yourself first and foremost why am i moving like this is a therapy session and jane Jane is about to do her hail mary repentance or something i don't know but i think i think in all situations where you've expected where you've fallen below your own expectations whatever they may be Mm forgiveness is probably the first step and i i'd say even in my situations the first thing i had to do was just be like okay jocelyn first of all also detaching it from what i deem to be my worth like remembering that this doesn't attach to like the person that i am and Mm. who i am like i think that's like it's it's very one thing i've realized is sorry to cut you off it's very difficult to 
I think it's almost ingrained in us mm. that when things happen, mm. it it is ascribed to our worth mm. and who we are mm-hmm. as fundamentally as people, which is one thing I find very interesting because, um, <clears throat> when you work, sorry, <clears throat> please. It's the bits. I know, yeah. It's the bits because she drinks orange juice with bits. Shut up. When when you work with special needs kids, Mm -hmm. because sometimes they're because they're very attuned to things like reward and punishment, you they encourage you to not say things. They discourage you from saying things like oh like you're naughty mm. they, like they prefer to say like this behavior is bad mm. because saying that you're naughty mm. is, tra- is then that's i guess as we're when you're younger when people told us that we're doing things that oh like you're also doing you stupid like yeah. oh you're so stupid blah, 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 blah. it's like how you that. kind of start that whole idea yeah. of ascribing outcomes and things that happen in your life yeah. to your worth and i just thought that was very interesting mm. when i noticed it in schools but this is what remember the other day I was explaining to you that thing about cycle of congruence or incongruence. It's just about how how your needs are met as a kid mm-hmm. is how you're going to now associate things with yourself as you grow up. In English, I do not understand <laughs> that. Was that was a disgusting please. sentence. I'm going to try that again. That. How your needs were met as a kid mm-hmm. is then going to essentially transpire into how your brain is now wired as an adult. So even if, even if I think about when you did well in school. Every, you come home and everyone's like so proud of you and if you didn't do something where everyone would sit you down and you would get a lash or <laughs> or like you get mm-hmm. so you associate so now even as an adult when I when I think about or, or when I was a kid one more example like if I didn't really understand something that people deemed to be simple the word thick would be used mm. and so now as an adult I didn't realise I'm traumatised by that word and the other thing I was going to say is that so now when I think about my degree or when I think about education when I'm not doing as well as I feel like I should be Mm. I associate it with I I associate it with my worth and I'm just like well yeah crap Mm. you know Mm. which is really sad I think another thing that I think actually relates to this topic pretty well is hustle culture Hmm. and just like being on the grind Mm. Because, okay, how I think it relates for me personally is to start this master's, I was, you know, in September I was like, okay, I'm starting a master's, I have to, like, work really hard, I need to be on it, I need to be going to the library, blah, blah, blah. Obviously COVID came, I had to, like, find my adjustments and make sure you have a, everybody recommends you to have a routine, make sure you wake up at the same time, make sure you sit down for this number of hours and just work. And I think I was doing that for so long but I was struggling and I was I was struggling but I was just trying to not pay attention to the fact that I was struggling I was just like okay cool despite the struggle just keep at it it'll be fine just keep going it's only a year it's only a year exactly <laughs> like you like just yeah. just keep going yeah. essentially just yeah. keep working hard keep working hard and then but then it was literally falling apart it was literally like imagine a car and the car is driving and parts are just falling off but you're still continuing <laughs> you're still trying to like, drive the car that is how i felt for this <laughs> master this first semester Picturing that has literally. felt like that yeah. like you're trying to drive this car and the car is falling apart but it's like Shambles. i need to drive it and i remember i had a conversation with my my sister who's a psychologist and she was like 
and I was just complaining to her like I'm trying to do all these things and I'm really like I'm trying to eat healthy I'm trying to um do Pomodoro technique when I'm studying so I'm taking breaks I'm going for walks I'm eating broccoli I'm taking vitamin D vitamins and all these things and yet I'm struggling to concentrate and yet I'm still not like able to sit down and write my coursework like I don't like I'm so stressed by that Mm. and she was just like what are you avoiding she's like like what's what are you avoiding like what what is it Mm. because like she she was just saying that you're running away from something and (laughs) the thing's already here and I was like I just I don't have time for it but she's like but you can see that things are already not working and so you thinking that oh if I just focus on working hard and just focus on my work Mm. is going to make that thing go away it's not going to go away because you need to kind of pay attention to it and she's like what are you running away from and i was like i'm not running away from anything i just want to do my work i just i just want to do my work (laughs) and she's just like 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 you're like she's over she was almost like you're striving too much you're doing too much Mm. and i think that's the I, i think i was in subconsciously i had been amassing a lot of pressures and so many things were like just making me overthink making me putting me in a low mood and i just was choosing and just trying very hard to not pay attention to that just so that i could focus on like school Mm. but like (laughs) that's has not been working and that hasn't been effective because now it's got to the point that the thing has built up so much in the back of as in like my card there's no more parts it's just me on the floor with the steering wheel <laughs> it's just me on the floor with the steering wheel uh, okay. and i'm like why is the car not moving basically <laughs> because like all these things in my mind have built up so much that it's like it's not working again yeah and so my sister's like and in my head i'm like but i don't have time for this i need to do this mm, and i have mm, dissertation mm. and i have this and i have this and i have this but it's like but at this point, yeah. you actually like you have no choice but to sit That's down and confront an it because yeah. your car is not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you might as well start, to start the like process of like healing or whatever now. And I think for me, it's just the things that I I, I guess I've been trying to just push aside are normal things like pressure, like to do well, success, thinking about the future. One thing I do, I guess the fact that I did really well in my undergrad. And trying to live up to that expectation for myself Mm, mm, um, mm. in my master's, um, what I'm going to do after my master's, getting um, the opportunities. Because in undergrad, I was like student ambassador, doing this, making sure I was talking to this professor, trying to just get opportunities, research like things. And obviously, because of COVID, it's a bit harder to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I think I'm, I'm quite like I don't know, disappointed, or I'm. I feel like I'm not doing enough because I'm not working as hard as I was doing those. Yeah, I'm not meeting my expectations and I'm not working at the same level I was doing undergrad. And just other like personal things and just, I think it just all caused me to like, there was like building depression in the back of my mind and Mm. I was just trying to shut it out. out, Mm. And then it just came and it just took away my car. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I, I was definitely up until i didn't realize that i was suppressing and in denial about the fact that all these things were actually starting to become pretty bad until my soul was just like Mm. like why are you like what are you running like why 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 are you running like really (laughs) i that's when i and because she asked me i was like and i think i think i probably said something like i i don't know but i can't remember what i said she's like what do you do 
asked me once, like, 30 50 questions, <laughs> and I was just like, I didn't want to answer because I was like, I don't have time for this, and it's like, and I think a lot of people who are on that, like, hustle, mm. I need to just work hard, mm-hmm. grind, wake up, grind, mm-hmm. sleep, wake up, grind, it means sleep. that they don't adjust things. That and it's like, them. I think sometimes, yeah, and that's where burnout comes, mm. because it's like, you're constantly on this hamster wheel where you're just Running. going, go, 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 yeah. go, go. Yeah. But it's like, don't go so much. <laughs> like, relax. Like, relax a bit. But it's funny, because we scream about self-care, and part of self-care is actually taking... 10 seconds one minute to sit down and actually what is it that's there that i'm not addressing and i think it's funny that you're saying what you're saying because the same thing kind of happened to me well not kind of it most definitely did and until i started addressing it in therapy it was only then did i realize why i put so much pressure on myself again with work why this and again it's funny again because one thing that i haven't said to myself doing this masters out loud is that i would like to finish with a distinction because i'm trying not to put that pressure on myself but either oh, way just because i haven't said it out loud it's in my brain so i'm convincing myself that i'm not bothered because i'm not saying it out of my mouth mm-hmm. but in my head i'm like mm, the pressure is there do you know what i mean it has to be distinction or nothing. Or nothing basically and so i distinction it actually mad and so the same thing i was doing pomodoro i had the app on like whatever that mm-hmm. time myself da, 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 da. Every, every, day, every week I would have done my essential reading and recommended reading and have done it before that week so that I was doing next week's fam and it's, and it's all and that all that is very tiring mate it's very it's, it's very tiring and I feel like I did I didn't even reach that level to be doing recommended I that one I never that one stopped that after one. about weeks I could never do that <laughs> I said one. I can't come and die I could never <laughs> do that one but it's just I think also for me sometimes I psych myself up so, so much, much that I can't even get to the point where I'm doing things that I should be doing. Like, I would mm. do the bare minimum and, like, 50, 60% is taken off by psyching myself up yeah. and stressing myself yeah. out. And then the remaining 40% you is me actually trying to, to do, <laughs> spending the energy on what to do, which is obviously highly inefficient, inefficient mm. and just silly. But it's just, I don't know. I wonder if other people are like this. <laughs> but now that you've said it, it's genuinely when you said it, I was like, okay, this is this is basically everything that's how I felt but couldn't put into words. Hence why I'm able to realise that things that were said to me in my childhood are affecting why I've put so much pressure on myself now as an adult. Because until I had to speak that out to someone, it didn't it didn't register. I was just like But when when she spoke it out to me, I was like, actually, yeah, why do I feel this why do I feel like this is the be-all and end-all and this is the determining factor to my entire existence, whether I pass well or pass half-heartedly or pass... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What is that? Do you know what I think about? I think about people who go through life just being, like, mediocre. Not mediocre, but, like... Free? Yeah. Like, like do you like have girlfriends? Not... Yeah. Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> Lynn. Yeah. Lynn. I guess, yeah. Because it's, like, those people... And I, I don't mean I don't mean it in like a condescending or like in a negative way, but just people who are just they just do their best, but like they're not like pushing themselves to like mm-hmm. to stupid. Um, they actually live out go with the flow. We say yeah. it, but they and they also live out. I can't come and kill myself. Yeah, <laughs> we don't. We say yeah. it, but we're still killing ourselves. 
like I just wonder like those people that are just like okay cool I think I've had enough now mm-hmm. I think I've I've done like what I can I've, I've done like three hours of good study today mm-hmm. I think that's enough. What's unhealthy is when whereas you like, us is like I'll do three hours of good work and then I'm like I need to continue doing work so I'm going to stay here yeah. but I want to even do good well, work in that because you lost concentration. It's that thing of like 11 p.m. where you know you've been sitting here the whole day and you're still trying to convince yourself why it's okay for you to go to bed. Huh? <laughs> But in a sense, sorry, what you said, going right back about the whole car thing, I think that was a great analogy. I just think about... I think I'm pretty good at doing analogies. You're pretty good at analogies. comparing things to things. You perfectly analysed what I was trying to say at the beginning, where we tell ourselves to boss up, to stop feeling sorry for ourselves, to get over it, to move on, so we can do what needs to be done. And then you crashing again about a month later and meeting yourself at the same point that you tried to leave a mm. month ago oh gosh do you know what? maybe i think it's probably like we just don't have sustainable it the, the key is probably building a sustainable life mm. in terms of what we're talking about those mediocre people i feel like we need sounds, to find a different name really rude, we don't right? mean mediocre, mediocre we just mean people are just doing things <sighs> you're just in their... what's the english they're like in their pocket like they don't stress themselves too much mm. but they're not underperforming they're just working at what at they're able to optimal do. level yes. exactly i think and i think that's probably the key mm. to just like probably life mm. is that boundaries probably come boundaries. into this because it's like you cannot be working on 3 a.m every day you cannot do that mm. and so it's just like Setting your, I don't know, setting it's probably yeah, setting boundaries that kind of protect you and keep you at optimal level. That it's like okay, cool, I'm only going to take this amount of work, um, of projects at work. Mm. I'm only going to, I'm going to make sure that I meet up with my friends yeah. at least. I meet up with a friend physically at least every two what weeks. I meet up with a friend physically. You <sighs> said make stops with my friend. Oh, sorry, I meet <laughs> up with a friend, a friend physically at least every two weeks Mm. um i make sure that i call family every week i make sure that i go out for a walk twice a week that i think it's maybe things like that that might just sustainable routine so even i think when i think about like going to bed like now i'm like by 11 30 i should either be getting into bed or getting up from my desk and going to shower to get into bed like Mm -hmm. regardless of what i've done in the day whether Mm. it was a successful day or whether it wasn't because that then just runs into the next day, into the next one day, into the next day. And eventually, yeah, I do burn it's out. It's probably that. I, I wonder if the actual people, I mean, this is back to those not mediocre, but mediocre people. Mm. If they're actually people who have, like, good, balanced life... Lives. <laughs> like, if, like, if, like, they just have good work-life balance. I think I know one. Who? <laughs> Genuinely, like... Sarah, no Dang. joke. She should come and tell us how. Please call but her. That's the reason why. <laughs> she's very strict in the sense that at 11, she's getting ready to go to bed, like I said, regardless of what she has or hasn't done. She doesn't stress about on a Wednesday if she's going to LPC class, whatever. Obviously, she'll make the effort to do her reading and she's hard working in that sense, but on a Wednesday, if she hasn't done it, she's not going to come and stress, <laughs> stress herself at all mm-hmm. um, on a weekend if she's taken a break and that break has become extended and she's like you know what I'm tired she actually listens to her body when it says and just accepts I'm tired it. and accepts it for what it is 
will still strive to do so well. <laughs> like, that's why she's like, you answer the phone, she's like, well, gone. Like, she's calm mm-hmm. because she's in a routine where her work-life balance is sustainable. And I guess, that and then she's so also, great. like, working four days a week. But she's calm. At her lunch hour, she'll eat her lunch and go for a walk, come back. She's calm. Like, because, she's calm. Uh, <laughs> that sounds so good because I think, because even, like, the times when I said, okay, cool, I'm going to set the time aside to, to rest, mm. I will be, like, stressing mm. about some hours. I won't fully be in the moment mm. to rest. You're in your bed I ruminating. will be ruminating about something that I should be doing, mm. or why am I not like this? Oh, damn, maybe I should use this moment to exercise instead. Maybe I should, you know, find a useful hobby, yeah. learn copywriting or something like that that's going to make me money. And it's just... I don't know, I'm just never... also comes out the spirit of comparison. Because yeah. you think about... I think about how many people maybe on social media are doing one thing, but then also have a business running on the side. Or, like, people are like, oh, I did this whilst doing this. And I'm like, well, you're sleeping right now. Why, why aren't you doing this? Mm. In your spare time, you should be actively seeking this or doing extra. But I think slowly... Slowly, again, speaking out more and more, I'm turning into a person where I'm like, ah. I literally am trying to embody the... I can't kill myself, but from a positive, like, like still doing what needs to be done mm. to achieve what I would like to achieve, mm. but knowing how much my body and my brain can actually take. Another thing I realised, again, therapy, the lady said to me once that I was trying to, again, marry up with my faith, and I was trying to understand. One thing she said to me was just that when we talk about people being made uniquely it bottles down like to the smallest things of like how much you are able to take on what your capacity is and your capacity for one thing may be different from another person's capacity for another thing so literally when we think about like people who do nine to five compared to people who are entrepreneurs some people can do that but maybe you just weren't made to do that and that doesn't mean it's a bad thing it just Mm. means that you can excel in another area and that that whole rhetoric of like everybody should be trying to be an entrepreneur kind of just sits right with my with soul me. because I'm like bashing nine what to five not everybody like what if not everybody can do it because actually it's pretty hard. It's not it's not everyone that can do <laughs> it. Not everybody can do social mean, media influencers. Yes, but that doesn't mean that doesn't make you any less of yourself. Yeah. It just means that this isn't this isn't what God had for it's me. It's because like I like I understand where all those those people come, they're like, oh like you can't be working for another person's father, blah 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 like <sighs> you know, like what does I'm it look making like? bank. And I'm calm. Okay. <laughs> exactly. It's it's. I don't know. Yeah. I've, it's never if I'm really. there doing it and I'm satisfied and I'm happy and I'm at peace in exactly. life. Exactly. That's all that matters, I guess. <sighs> that is really all that matters. Peace is the most vital all thing. All that to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I swear to you, if I start playing Justin Bieber, I'll be here the rest of the evening. I'll go through every album. Every album. That's quite sad. Childhood. <sighs> I used to like leave his concert and just be in bed dreaming about when he would like come and sing One Less Lonely Girl to me. One Less Lonely Girl! Jay Bieber, first name, last name! <laughs> what did you say? First name, name last name. name? Yeah. Me. No, that's Jane. Did you say Jane Bieber? Jay Bieber. Oh, I thought you said Jane Bieber. Sorry. No. <laughs> I've probably written that somewhere like my eraser, <laughs> do like RS or something. I could never do it because I never wanted to betray Jasmine. Because you know Jasmine till this day is still very obsessed with that man. Yeah. So I could never betray her, but 
one thing that we could talk about is separating how we expect ourselves to react to how we how we expect ourselves to react to something from how we actually do Mm -hmm. so when i think about expectations it's just when people crack certain jokes you just take the normal person would normally take it lightly whereas you for some reason it triggered a sensitive nerve Mm -hmm. um so let's say someone says something to you that would that you think the average person would find would just find funny and move on you on the other hand as much as you're trying to play it off like that it struck a chord Mm -hmm. it struck a nerve but what is it about us that is unable to accept the fact that accept the fact that it struck the chord because i know for myself i will fear that i'm being oversensitive and that i'm the problem Mm. um instead of just accepting that no this is how my body reacted and so i have to accept that that's how my body reacted it doesn't make me any less any less than it doesn't make me difficult to be around i think that's my biggest fear it just is i think my biggest fear is just people being like oh we can't even joke around you anymore Mm. do you know what i mean but it's not that you can't joke it's just that boundaries Mm. (laughs) i feel like this can be tricky because sometimes it's like some people who are making those jokes the jokes are fishy jokes are fishy and the jokes are are projecting exactly sometimes they are there's a way there's a way i think there are two types of jokes for example crystal pebbles is a good example crystal pebbles will roast you but like you know that it's all jest and it's all fun and it's all love there's another person who's roasting you but the way in which they're roasting you know there's something there's something attached to it so what you're saying as much as it's a joke the Mm. thing that you're attaching it to Mm. is real you mean Mm -hmm. it but you're trying to pass it off as it's just a joke exactly but like you meant the thing you are saying you meant you really meant you know what I mean you really meant it (laughs) (laughs) and you're now trying to flip it and make yeah, like, and then that makes you, you know, crazy. Which is mad. So I think that's something I've learned. Like, I'm trying to learn. So I think sometimes it's not always you. <laughs> I'm sometimes that person is crazy. This screams experience. This screams experience. I swear. Uh, struck a nerve. Struck a nerve. Um, yeah, but I think also just like, just actually accepting because of like, I think a lot of the times we fight who we are mm-hmm. and we just fight and we just don't mm-hmm. want to accept that yeah okay fine yes we are sensitive yes we do like struggle sometimes but it's like it's okay we we cannot accept that that is that like, that hurt me it can't accept that this is how I reacted you have like, to be something contrary to how this, your brain is what is <laughs> you can't change it and like like I was saying I mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't have thing. to define you and it doesn't have to dictate who you are fundamentally as a person, but like, it just is. Yeah. And by trying to live up to that alternative expectation, you're killing you're yourself. Killing yourself. <laughs> Literally, like you're constantly avoiding your real self, yeah. and no wonder we go into like states of depression, anxiety. I mean, obviously, amalgamated with so many other things part of that is just trying to constantly be something that you're not all and i don't even mean that in like a typical sense where everyone thinks oh you're just trying to be Nicki minaj when you're actually mm. jocelyn i mean literally you're you're trying to be you're trying to be the opposite of sensitive when you're sensitive mm. you're trying to be the opposite of empathetic when you're empathetic like you mm. were saying you Don't were you... trying to compare compartmentalize like the serial killers but you're not a serial killer mm-hmm. you can't do it mm-hmm. 
So you can't then beat yourself up about it. And you have to face that fact and not avoid it and try and run away from it. That feeds into the whole thing of, of why you'd be suppressing it because you're trying to avoid the fact that you were sensitive to it. You're trying to avoid the fact that you could emotionally connect. And so you suppress how you're actually feeling and it spills out like lava from a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> but, fam, let's I hope just try not people to are able to understand. I hope we made some sense in that. I hope that you go away not trying to avoid dealing with stuff. Deal with it. Because what did we say the other day? If you want to heal from whatever it is, you need to address it. If you want to boss up and move on and level up, you need to address what's the obstacles. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You need to just like have a real conversation with yourself and just like examine like the things that are hindering you from being at that optimal level. Yeah. Being that best self that you're trying to be. Mm. What is it like? Is it that you just need to just um create the things that are gonna keep you at an optimal level, things that are gonna create um stop you from being burnt out, things are gonna stop you from being too stressed, mm-hmm. stop you from taking on too much work. Just like asking yourself what are my obstacles and how do I address them. Address them. Yeah man. So have a joke. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh god. You can leave now please. Do you already know this one which is really annoying. Oh no, say it though. I actually can't remember it. When mm. Hey what did the clock do after dinner when he was still hungry? He Do you actually not remember? He wants to eat. Hey. He ate again. He, he ate again. I mean, that could be smart, but that's not it. I actually don't know. See, my memory is trash. He went back four seconds. Four seconds. He went back four seconds. What did... <laughs> four trash. seconds. <laughs> what, was the, what was it again? What did the clock do after dinner when he was still hungry? What did the clock do after dinner when he was still hungry? He, he went back, back four seconds. seconds. <laughs> She's cracking Bye, up. guys. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. We will see you in the next episode. Deuces. Lots of love.